0: Megan and Tierney and guest will make three God damn army mash minute Welcome back for another minute of Mash on Mash Minute. I inspect <laughs> sentence through before I started saying it. <laughs> cool. Welcome. I'm Tierney Steele. I'm Megan Coleman.
1: Hey, everybody, this is Brad Mendenhall from the Cosmic Geppetto podcast. Just really astounded by how smooth that intro was. <laughs> Stuff like Buka that Brad. is why I pre-record and script out everything, because uh,
0: <laughs>
1: if I tried to do, like, uh, intros like that, boy, it would just, it, it, it would just sound like the, the creature from uh, Frankenstein. It's like, the ah, fire badge, welcome to the show, tyranny here.
0: That's what happens when you release five days a week. <laughs> oh. You just kind of go with it.
1: <laughs> what got into your head to do that?
0: I blame Star Wars Minute. I don't know why we ever thought that was a good idea, but Pete and Alex did it, and everyone was just kind of like, yeah, that's what Movies by a Minutes podcasts do. Oops.
1: <laughs> we did We did five days a week for um, a Minute of Darkness, where we talked about Army of Darkness. Almost killed me. <laughs> And then when we got to Flash Gordon Minute, I was like, three days a week. Because a lot of shows are starting to do three days, and it makes sense. It gives you a lot more uh, leeway. And then uh, now I... Oh, hey, hey, everybody. This is going to be fun. Uh, Watch everyone get jealous. I do work on uh, Escape from New York Minute as a producer. (laughs) So I don't host. The hosts get to talk. And then they said, okay, Brad, uh, let us know when the episodes are out. And that's what I do. Guys, how much would you love to have a producer? (laughs)
0: <laughs> I remember when I guessed it and they explained that you were their producer and I was like, so you convinced Brad to do all the parts that I don't like doing of the podcast? What?
1: And every guest has a reaction to that one guy says like, oh man, I would pay $10, 20 an episode to have someone do that. I was like, really? You would pay? And everyone's like, shut up, Brad. You're finishing the show for free. <laughs> uh.
0: Oh, good times, and and then you become like. Plus I, you're the Andy Richter of the of the show. Like oh, you're not the host of the show, but you're definitely still part of the show. Because I've noticed that on episode on shows that I listen to with producers, where at the end they say, "And I'm your producer," you know, Rob Schulte or whoever it is. <laughs> like oh, I follow oh. you on Twitter as if you are in this cast, but yeah. You
1: no, don't no, no. Talk no. at the
0: end. <laughs> that
1: that's not what happens there. I am not allowed to talk. <laughs> My mic is muted. I am told to shut up. So that is—I am not the Andy Richter. I am the—I am the Andy who in the gimp outfit in the basement. (laughs) No. Eh, it's fine.
0: I mean, if you like basement, it's a
1: really fun show. (laughs) Uh, I'm really happy to be part of it. And uh, my knowledge of um, Escape from New York Minute, my fandom of that, isn't to the level that would be required to be a quality host. But where I can, I feel. Give the most of that show is by uh, producing, but that's not what we're talking about. I'm already uh, just Shanghai this whole thing. We're here to talk about Mash. Mash. We're
0: here to specifically, talk about minute fifty-five of Mash, which starts with Painless telling Hawkeye his problem while Hawkeye drinks his beer and scotch, scotch and beer, whatever order those two go in, and the minute ends sixty seconds later with Painless about to make a major confession to Hawkeye. And I just, uh, my first note, I'm sorry, Brad. I feel like a lot of our guests, (laughs) the first minute is me just being like, I'm so sorry I made you do this. I'm so sorry I made you talk about this. I'm so sorry I sent you these minutes. Thank you for doing this. Because Mm, what a minute to just drop you into and say, let's go.
1: (laughs) Well, I tell you what... Here's the thing. MASH and so many people, especially I'm 45, my generation, people my age, they sort of came across the movie MASH because they saw the TV show and then somebody would mention that there was a MASH movie that was really good. But they would even say, it's like, but it's not the TV show. The TV show, so the people aren't familiar, was a very good show, but it was a sitcom. It had laugh tracks and like a lot of beats of of a, a sitcom, even though it had a bit of a different background to it than, you know, your Three's Company or more modern context friends
0: come and knock on our
1: tent exactly <laughs> you know but it was a, a laugh track comedy and then the movie was so different and it was so dark and it's not a laugh movie i mean i guess maybe the football scene would be the only thing where you could see they were going for the laugh but the rest of it is going for like the knowing chuckle
0: mm, okay
1: and I think this is a good knowing chuckle moment where you have Painless. And just one of the first things he does is about how faithful he is to the three girlfriends or three <laughs> fiancées at home. <laughs> no. But he doesn't give it as a big laugh line It's more of a, you know, him just very Dead serious, he's like, you know, I have the girls At home, and then holding up the three pictures And I don't think you laugh at it, you're like ho. Oh. It's like, okay and, and what's interesting is, the TV show would deal with A thing where you had married characters who were cheating on their Spouses, and sort of ever So gently addressing the fact, he's like 7,000 miles, you're getting shot at People, did characters did not make it home From that TV shows. So a couple characters Got killed off, yeah, you could Understand how that happened, no Painless was a dog at home.
0: <laughs> oh yeah! And
1: now he's here, and he's just all that much more of a dog. And then him basically putting on the sheen of uh, "I feel bad for being unfaithful to my three fiancés." It's like, eh.
0: <laughs>
1: but it, yeah.
0: Uh, my favorite, my knowing chuckle, which exactly because right as you're saying that, I was like. Well, there are parts that definitely make me laugh, but you're right. It's the knowing chuckle. It's a little bit further out, but not by much. When Hawkeye goes, yeah, I can see how that would be a problem. Like, into his hand. <laughs> it's just so well delivered. I do want to say, we did some book talk with Jarf last week. Oh, I yes. <laughs> have a revelation this week, because I was like, "Oh, well, maybe this is an anachronism that we were talking about. And he kept talking about a naked woman, and I didn't see it, and... I see it. We were right. It was just a different camera angle that he was looking at. But really, to point out, it's not a photo of a naked woman this time. It's a drawing, and that's art. I mean, that's just classing up the joint.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's that's just an art class. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, you, you mentioned the 7,000 miles from home thing, which I picked up on too, which is always the excuse, right? And then the one thing that, in this kind of little prelude to the meat of the issue, is I cannot get over, I'm sorry to do it, my summer camp was a wonderful place that was nothing like this MASH unit. <laughs> the way they're talking about the nurse <laughs> that's not at the MASH 4077th, reminded me so much of like the day after the camp dance and it's like, did you see that boy? No, the one with the red shorts. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know who you're talking about. Because uh, it, just, it just made me think of, like they had a social and all got together and then she had to go back to her unit and he had to go back to his and now he's telling his friends all about it. So it's just like, hmm, okay. So we're back in middle school and summer <laughs> camp. Like that's been established. It'd been a while <laughs> since we were there. <laughs> And we're about to have a teenager's understanding of sexuality, so okay, fine. Uh, Yeah, so. uh,
1: Let's. There is so much hate for this movie, rightfully. And it's funny, this isn't like a lot of (laughs) movies where when it came out, it was fine, and then 20 years uh, later, I guess the example, I was just talking with a a writer about the the TV show Friends, where she still loves Friends, and Friends is still the most popular show on Netflix, but there is a lot of things that have already gotten outdated, like a lot of the gay panic jokes and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. No, MASH, they knew this, this movie received criticism for being misogynistic when it came out. (laughs) And it hasn't gotten better since then. (laughs) Um, There's so many things to love about this movie. I I mean, God, Lord. Folks, there was a time where Donald Sutherland and Elliot Gould were movie stars. Who could lead a movie and that's and Sutherland's a brilliant gold uh, has like a really neat charm to him that this movie that Mash used better than I think anyone else ever did.
0: yeah, at, at least as far as I know, I have like a list now of Elliot gold movies I need to see apparently
1: well every everything and everything else Elliot gold was in. And I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself because he's mm. not in this minute. Gould was always sort of like a nebbish, nerdy, quirky guy who was just barely good looking enough where you could buy him as the romantic lead but in this he was cool and he was confident and there was and they sort of like the curly hair didn't seem as big and bushy and crazy as often and he there was actually a little bit of sex appeal to him which never happened in anything else that i've seen him in it's so neat to see this movie for stuff like that it's like yeah that's right donald sutherland's awesome and he's still awesome in supporting roles but this he, but he was the yeah. guy in this
0: yeah he's the lead he's the hero of our movie <laughs> so let's keep it positive donald sutherland is a great actor okay So while the overall premise of this scene is awful and problematic, we're going to get to it. Let's focus on a few good things. One of the (laughs) first things is, because I had the note God Sutherland is good for this minute as well. I mean, you just watch his face fall as he realizes he can't just cheer painless up at the end. He's like, ah, it's going to be fun. Oh, you," you know, like he's doing a lot that's good. The dental Don Juan of Detroit is just beautiful alliteration. I mean, the English ma- uh, English minor in me is very happy with that. <laughs> and then there is a little tiny bit of sex positivity that I want to point out before we point out that everything is awful. One thing is that he, when he's saying he failed, he couldn't, he says she wanted you in the worst way. And while I don't think anyone watching this movie just in the theater picked up on that, it's kind of important to point out that, hey, sometimes... Women like to have sex. Some women enjoy having sex. And some women would like to have sex with a cute dentist from another mash unit. And that's fine.
1: Yeah. This
0: it, it's easy. And and then the one thing is that when he does get across to Hawkeye what his problem was, the erectile dysfunction, Hawkeye says, oh, that happens to everyone. It's happened to me. And I just, I can't think of any other movie where two guys are having conversation like, oh, yeah, no, that happens. Don't worry about it.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't presented as a joke. Hawkeye yeah. wasn't stifling a laugh. And yeah, it's... What, I, what, 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 it's what,
0: bad. So I, like I said, these are the tiny little silver linings that I found.
1: Well, there's, but there's a difference between, well, first off, one of the most tired tropes that hasn't really gone away, and especially like comedy entertainment and sitcom entertainment is the the guy comes home and he's a feeling a little randy, and the wife's like, oh, you're thinking tonight? I was like, you know, that, that's why my, that's why there's like several generations of couples that are completely screwed up on, <laughs> dealing with their sexual desire and expectations in a marriage and all that stuff because like it's almost like they've been programmed to think it's like the guys really want to and the women are like oh I guess if I have to it's like oh great try to have a a healthy sexual relationship in your 20s and 30s when that's what everybody is seeing this is he's obviously painless obviously isn't a good guy he's obviously a bad boyfriend and a bad fiance but (laughs) It doesn't sound. It doesn't sound like him chasing women who aren't interested, or the whole the the trope of the dentist or the businessman chasing a secretary around the desk or anything. He's like, no, he he found a woman that was attracted to him. He was attracted to her. They're like, well, you know, there's bombs flying over our heads at all times, so let's. Yeah. (laughs) And there's a charm to that. I wouldn't want to follow the. Painless back stateside because he's the sort of guy that not only is he cheating on all three wives, he's probably sleeping with at least three of his patients. Probably while one of them has at least one of them has like their kids in the waiting room.
0: Yeah, the (laughs) bored housewife.
1: Yeah, that dental hygiene chair is filthy. Yeah, he's a scumbag, but he's a scumbag in the exact right place where you can feel a little bit of sympathy for him, and there's a little bit of likability there.
0: Oh, and we're definitely going to have some sympathy for Painless coming up. I just I wanted to point it out because, like I said, you don't often see that portrayal. And I know, Megan, if you need to get out your uh, history of sexual mores or whatever it is you wrote your thesis on. But oh, <laughs> yeah, well. Especially in 1950s <laughs> America, the oh, idea that... Yeah. The woman and, and I do the same thing when I'm writing characters, it's um I, I'm just gonna toot my own horn to two. I wrote a young adult <laughs> novel, and in it there's one point where two characters have been going out for a while and they've done some things and it's are they gonna lose their virginity? And he's like, Yep, this is gonna be great, and then in the moment he's like, Oh, I'm not ready for this. And she is, and it's just like, hi. Men have these thoughts too. This is not just like a coy, like oh, I don't know. It has to be special. It's like, no, guys want stuff to be special too.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. It's <laughs> Tierney, You and I have this in common. I don't because uh, uh, because I wrote uh, I write too, or I, mm-hmm. I have written, uh, and I put out a book. Ah, it's been ten years, <laughs> called Sex, Money, Good Grades, uh, and Other Things You Won't Get in College.
0: <laughs> and, and it dealt with Great a lot of title. those Great Yeah, title. it was a
1: good title It was a really awkward one to bring up during Thanksgiving dinner When uh, everyone was like, what's <laughs> the name of your book, grandson? It's like, shit, I didn't think <laughs> that's
0: <through." laughs> It's called, I'll just get you a copy and we'll never speak of this again <laughs> Never again
1: but yeah, that's a real thing where we, we always think of that of the guys chasing up the girls and convincing is like, oh, don't you want it? Don't you want it? Don't you know? You know the the whole if you love me, you would and stuff is like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was actually very different where it was one of the main characters was a 18 year old boy who hadn't had this serious relationship before, and he was dating a girl who was a little more experienced than him. Mm-hmm. You know, she was the one leading him through that, which, God, if every person is really lucky, you have that. You have somebody that you care about who's a little more experienced and can sort of guide you through what's a really challenging thing. So, yeah, it's it's good when it gets away from the way that with Painless in a very different way. But getting away yeah. from the really, really staid stupid tropes, uh, which would have been really easy to do.
0: Yeah, these are, these are men who like having sex and they're a lot of women who also like having sex mentioned in this movie but this movie isn't great to women and unfortunately because of this encounter Payless draws some erroneous conclusions yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was beautiful I had one of you in each head- on each uh, headphone <laughs> times in this pep talk like he's pulling out all his best lines and he just gets nowhere because according to painless it's never happened to him
1: Never. Speaking
0: of tropes that still haven't gone away. (laughs) (laughs) When Harry Met Sally, also a great movie, and the minute does end on a cliffhanger. But in case anyone hasn't watched ahead to the next minute, I'll spoil you a little bit. Because Painless once had a willing woman in his arms and was unable to attain arousal, he's now convinced that he's a homosexual.
1: Just... (sighs) Just
0: to the <laughs> I know. Everything else points to, don't think you need to worry about Which, that, dude. We'll, we'll get into more in the next minute of why he came to this conclusion, but, but uh, let's, just, let's just talk about jumping the gun there.
1: Yeah. Also, just the idea that this has never happened before. You know he's a drinker. It's <laughs> happened before.
0: He just doesn't remember it. He doesn't.
1: It's probably true, right? <sighs> yeah, I, mm. uh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. They're obviously, and it's one of these things where you could tell this This was a section that was written backwards. They knew what <laughs> joke they wanted to tell. They knew what they wanted the end thing. It's like, okay, but well we got to just backtrack this. We got to give him a reason why he thinks he's gay. We got to, it's like, uh, what are we thinking, guys? It's like, uh, saw a guy in the shower and he was impressed? Nah, that's too much. <laughs> uh, wasn't able to perform sexually? He's like, let's go for it. It's like, uh, All right. Somebody needs to fire Jimmy, the idea guy, because that one sucks. <laughs>
0: Jimmy, you should have workshopped. Of course, there were no <laughs> women in the room
1: that <laughs> could contribute to this at all, but. <sighs> but there's a way to. Seriously, there are ways to tell that story where you could make it work. Every guy has had that thing where they're between 15 and 22, and they have the good friend who. It can get confusing. It can get confusing the first time you have a. And this isn't specific to men. It can be confused. Everyone has that friend who's the same gender, that's attractive, who they really care about. And it's like the first friend that you fall fallen, that you love. And it's confusing for people, especially, and I think even a little worse for guys because, and it, hopefully this is changing as the generations go on, but you're taught you don't love other guys. So all of a sudden it means something when you do. As opposed to, no, this is somebody who means a lot to me, a friend who I want to be in my life. And you recognize that there's also an attractive person, but that doesn't mean anything. And all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, does this mean I'm gay? Because I love it. It's like, no, of course not, you idiot. It just means that you you have a friend that's special to you. (laughs) And that's the way you could tell that story. As opposed to, I couldn't get it up, so obviously I'm gay. It's like, "Eh, okay, I think Hmm. you skipped a couple dozen steps there. (laughs)
0: I I mean, obviously I can't speak from experience, but I remember my uh, dad saying like, oh yeah, at some point in your life, you got to look in the mirror and think, am I gay? And I just decided I wasn't because I like girls. And it was like, and he's like, and then I moved on with my life. And so my dad is super into, he was a tech guy. So he did, uh, or stage tech, sorry. He's also a tech guy, but um, (laughs) he was super into doing all the sets and stuff. And he got really into theater and he loves musicals and he has all this stuff. And he and his friend would go into New York City and his friend like learned how to disco dance because that's how you picked up girls. And it was like, you know, he's like (laughs) disco. Go dancing in the 70s in New York, loving musicals, is like, wait a minute, am I gay? Because I'm fitting a lot of that stereotype. And he's like, no, because I don't want to do things with people of the same gender as me. I just happen to like a lot of these things. And it, yeah, it, it's just one of those things. And it's funny because I don't know that you have a moment where you actually like stand there and look in a mirror, but at some point everyone has to figure out their sexuality somehow.
1: <laughs> John, uh, have you ever seen the comedian John Mulaney?
0: Yeah, oh, I love guys. John Mulaney. Oh. Yeah. I've seen him with Megan. <laughs> yes, actually.
1: <laughs> he has a great joke where because of he's a bit of a dandy. He's, you know, he's a guy who dresses in a suit and tie and I love that sort of an airy way about him. He's like, no, I'm not gay. It's like they made me 90% gay and then just stopped. It's like, well, he's going to be an interesting person. sort of shows, like, yeah, you, you could, you can sort of check all the boxes, you know, you love your musicals and you don't like yeah. sports and <laughs> uh, all those things. It's like, but uh, yeah, that is, uh, you can ask any gay guy, that ain't the real telltale sign.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's not actually what that word means.
1: <laughs> but I guess most of that's for tomorrow. We're getting ahead.
0: Uh, yeah, well, t- tomorrow is. Uh... It's all problematic actually. Who am I kidding? Yeah, I just, just a spade to I spade. I figured I would get some of my feelings out now because I'm going to flip out tomorrow. Uh. Like I just oh and I see from my notes from tomorrow that I'm sorry the the no I can see where that would be a problem moment is tomorrow. So listeners Next minute is a doozy. It's a doozy. All the feels are coming out. People. Oh, aren't. yeah. There's going to be a lot of feelings tomorrow. You think there were thoughts today. I'll try not to make it a gender study podcast, I promise. Yeah, no, and I definitely won't be turning it into a uh, philosophy podcast. Although a philosopher will be quoted. Uh, this isn't
1: my podcast, so I promise nothing. <laughs> I'm just a oh guest here to God. throw a f- uh, fly into the ointment and go off to my own show. So, yeah, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. You can do all the judging and then just be like, Pfft, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> this just guy. Just do a LeBron
1: James clap, and all the chalk goes into the air and wander <laughs> off.
0: <laughs> I assume the podcast equivalent of that chalk in the air is the plug. So, why don't you go ahead and do that now? <laughs>
1: Okay, uh, fantastic. Uh Again, I am the uh, host and co-founder of the Cosmic Geppetto podcast. Positive geek culture, very focused on being inclusive, and uh, we don't like, and we find stuff that we love and we talk about it lovingly. Tierney's been on a bunch of times, she's always amazing, and uh we, basically sort of the idea behind it is, there's so many podcasts where they talk about movies, or books, or music, and then the people go on and they complain about the movies, books, and music that they're supposed to be talking about. They just It's like they hate what they want to talk about, and we don't we want to be that. We want to find. <laughs> part, pardon me. My daughter is here, and she's got a little bit of a sniffle. Oh, Aww. she's all right. She's all right. Little allergy. And that was sort of our goal. Was like we want to talk about the stuff we love with people who love doing what we love. It's a really fun show. Comes out weekly-ish. I've been a little rough on that. I also was the co-host of Minute of Darkness, where we talked about minute by minute the movie Army of Darkness. I also co-hosted Flash Gordon Minute, where we talked about the 1980s uh, classic. And then I am the producer of currently, the currently running Escape from New York Minute. And uh, I am also uh, somewhat connected to the podcast Good, Bad, and the Nerdy, where uh, it's the first official Cosmic Geppetto spinoff where Mike Watson and Katie Shea uh, have their own take on pop culture. Uh, I'm exhausted. So uh, I'm really excited, but I'm really excited. I've been looking forward to being on uh, MASH Minute for a long time. I think this is a really interesting movie, and uh, I <laughs> dearly love Tierney, and I'm always really excited to have a chance to to share a podcast with her.
0: Even if I make you do this. So hopefully <laughs> this is not your first episode of MASH Minute. I don't think anyone would jump in with Minute 55, but I'm really worried that someone might have. Welcome. Oh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can find more on us by going to mashminute.com. That has links to us on social media, all the episodes, and a link to our tea Public store. There. See? I said it in an episode. So now we have to set it up, Megan. Oh. Okay. Oops. How did that happen? Oh, darn. What? <laughs> so, yes. We have a few designs up there. And we'll be back tomorrow with a lot of feelings. Ah